you've tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob on Mike. All right, we have our first episode of a College Volleyball Weekly Men's Top 15, which could be changing soon, but we shall soon see because uh, other news on the front, but we have other news, a couple things. Uh, big news, the, the MEVA Dan's Conference uh, is now called the, the MEVA Championship or Tournament Championship is now going to be called the Don Shundell uh, Championship Trophy. So I'll let Dan speak to that really quick and uh, explain why that was such a big uh, 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 news for the conference. Yeah, I was certainly Don Shondell is a I think a, a legacy when it comes to volleyball just across the country and uh, to have uh, our tournament trophy be representative of him and what he's done over the course of his career is uh, probably long overdue in my eyes and probably a lot of others. And so I think it's a great way to honor him and uh, his family and all those things. And so and um, if you need to read a little bit more about Don and don't know, then I would say get online and read a little bit and how many wins that guy had and how many NCAA tournaments he made and how many trophies he won himself, but uh, he really was a, a driving component for the MEVA conference and Midwest volleyball and the growth of men's volleyball uh, across the country. Well, Dan, that's a great segue because growth of men's volleyball is what we we're going to be talking about. And a longtime resource that we've been looking for a pioneer, so to speak of the growth of men's and boys volleyball is middlehitter.com. That website had so many great pieces that I think a lot of us, you know, kind of, you know, we did really mention we look at, but we honestly did. Uh, that's run by Jerry Strub, who's a Chicago native, I believe, right? Because yep. whenever I was at USA events at Hoffman Estates or in Chicago, he was always there supporting the men's. But um, Jerry Strub, 18 years of middlehitter.com is uh, going into retirement and he's looking to someone for someone to hopefully carry on that journey of covering men's and boys. And in case you're not familiar with it, um, basically he created content before i guess social media became a big thing is all on his website middlehitter.com i'm sure the youngest uh person on the screen would probably be theo who probably showed up on the uh the recruit list upcoming recruits because uh i don't think brad was on there he's on there as a coach but it's it's a great place to see middlehitter recruits d1 and 2 recruits he covered naia and uh, and also juniors olympic men's and uh, national team International transfers. I just don't know where he found all that time. He had the middle eight or Pablo rankings. I mean, I'm sure I'm overlooking so much, but I think for me, I personally saw the, I wanted to see where the recruits are going. So that was a big resource for me. Um, but uh, if any want to chime in, please do, because I, I know that we jumped on there a few times uh, as a collective. Yeah. Yeah. It's middle hitter is, is, you know, one of the first, if not the first that really kind of uh, combine all the different things that were men's volleyball. And and I know for myself personally, you know, there were times where I'd be out recruiting at a tournament and I'd see a kid that maybe I didn't recognize and I'd scroll through to see if that kid had committed anywhere on middle hitter first. Uh, and if their name popped up, then I knew immediately. And, and, and that list was pretty spot on uh, and, and pretty well updated. But, you know, I, I think you've seen some write-ups in recent weeks, whether on Volley Talk or other places where, you know, some, I don't want to say they're complaining. That's the wrong way to do it, but they're complaining that there's not enough men's coverage, you know, like the women's and, and it's because of guys like you, Rob, and because of Vinny at off the block and because of Jerry, 
because of a few others over there, Kevin Barnett, when he was doing his show, you know, these are people, and I don't know if anybody understands this, they do this for free. You know, they're not being paid. This is not a, hey, uh, this is my only career. This is something they do out of the pure love of the sport and wanting to help grow the game. And, and it's gained traction over the years. And I hope somewhere down the line, these things start to, to pan out into paid gigs uh, like the women's side. And, and we can able to, you know, be able to have this stuff continue because it's valuable. Uh, and I, and I, I just, I shudder to think that it just kind of falls by the wayside and never comes around again. Yeah. Uh, anyone else want to add anything? I, yeah, Jerry did a great job, like for so long. Uh, and probably I'm not sure as many people know him and the guy that was behind the scenes doing all that stuff. And you get on there and there's so much content that he put on there that was available for people to see, like you just covered, like in terms of just all different levels and it wasn't just geared towards one. It just, it had section off pages. You could see some rankings. You could see all the stuff that was part of that. And just a lot of thanks to him and his continued growth in a time where men's volleyball didn't have a lot of growth 10, 15 years ago. And he was still doing all that stuff. And uh, so certainly I hope somebody takes that over for him and continues to, to provide a, an avenue for all the great information that's on there. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Oh, did he freeze? Did we lose Theo? I think we lost Theo the is frozen in that phase. Right nice. It's, like, it's kind of like it's kind of like the show uh uh not part of the interruption, but the other one. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought it I thought Theo was doing a reenactment of his Pella Windows ad with the still. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I'll wait for him to come back on, but one of the he's I guess Jerry sent a release to all the SIDs uh announcing that this is gonna be happening if they want to take over. But this was a great quote from that release it says, my thanks always came from the student athletes, coaches at the colleges, clubs and high school levels and parents who are assisting their student athletes in researching the next step in our sport. I receive a kind note almost weekly. So that's that's why we got paid the gratitude of the people. So, uh, Jerry, great work. And we appreciate it. Theo, just, I asked you before you went frozen on your pillow window stance <laughs> um, if you had any additional thoughts on middlehitter.com's Jerry Strub's retirement. Yeah, I think these guys hit it on the head. And, you know, the 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 amount of loyalty that this game has seen. Man, <laughs> Theo is going to have a rough day today in his internet. Northridge <laughs> didn't pay their Wi-Fi bill. Theo's <laughs> <laughs> hot spot. He didn't pay for enough data. <laughs> Jerry is a, a perfect example of it. Here, give me a second. Let me reload it. <laughs> reload your, you, you got to reload the burner phone. <laughs> you know, it's going to be tracked by the FBI soon here. Uh, great. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but there's definitely so many great, I, I had no idea the extent of it. But he also tracked the growth of high school boys volleyball specifically on his site all the way from the beginning until now. So that's he did a lot. Amazing. He did an awful lot. <laughs> and I only tapped into like maybe 3% of what he was doing on that page too. So, um, well, we'll go on. It looks like Theo's having some challenges here. He's going on and off on the participant screen. So, um, and we'll, we'll get his thoughts on that. But one article that came out on Christmas day was the volleyballmag.com's hot shots. And a uh, few men's coaches were recognized in there and, Let's just go to Dan first because his guy was on there as well. Jacob Kirshner, uh, Volleyball Mag, did this hot shots appreciating and recognizing some of the top NCAA Division I women's, uh, Division I two men's, and collegiate beach programs 
coaches that are behind the scenes. So while Theo's coming on, go ahead, Dan, jump on, talk about the, the ward and, and Jacob. Well, I think it's a great thing uh, the ABCA is doing. Uh, I think there's a lot of young, talented coaches. And certainly, we talk about on the men's side, we we need some young, talented coaches because we don't have enough. And uh, we've got more programs popping up each year. So the more coaches we can get involved, the better. And most likely, it's going to be those guys on the younger side. So I thought it was a cool piece that they did to recognize all the up-and-comers uh, in terms of that. And, yeah, we were fortunate enough. We certainly – have a great young man and Jacob Kirshner who played and who's been coaching now for five or six years and been involved in a bunch of different levels. And so um, I'm pretty fortunate to have him in our gym and I'll be happy to keep him as long as I can. Cause we don't pay enough to keep good guys like that. Probably. <laughs> so. That's, that's what I want to piggyback on. You hit it right there, Dan. The, the challenge I think you see on the men's side is, is kind of multifaceted, but the reality is we're not paying enough money to keep them on the men's side. Uh, and it's great that they still can find somewhere to bounce on the women's side, but there's men's programs growing at a rapid pace. And, and we want to see those assistant coaches that are, you know, have been in the game for a long time, be able to get a program of their own, see what they can do. And, and the unfortunate thing is, is a lot of times these coaches on the men's side, these assistants that are there for a number of years and they're piecemealing a bunch of different things. Maybe they're coaching club, maybe they're running clinics, maybe they're doing camps, maybe they're doing the circuit on the summertime uh, and then just to make ends meet. And after a while, especially if you're getting up in age and maybe you got a wife now and maybe you, you got kids on the way, it's really, really tough to stay on the men's side. And so I really hope that that, uh, that trend changes in the near future where the men's programs are able to pay some of these coaches what they're worth. And I'm going to give a shout out to one of my guys, Hayden Wagner, getting on that list. Played for me for uh, four years or five years and was a was a great player and a great leader. So shout out to that kid. Super stoked for him. Excellent. We'll go back to Theo now on his burner phone. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts on <laughs> middlehair.com's Jerry Strub. And just to know, we're on to the, uh, to the uh, Volleyball Mags Hot Shots article on recognizing some of the D1 and two coaches and the men's and women's side in on beach. So go for it, Theo. Yeah, I, you know, I, I look at that list and, and for me, it's just a, it's an ongoing um, list of just some incredibly talented, talented coaches. Um, and I feel like for, for years, you know, we've seen some of the some of the coaches that have been staples in our game have come across this list. And, um, you know, it's, it's just great to see some of these guys get a shot out. And I'll echo what Jay said. I think that, you know, the finances have really always been the issue. You know, I, I don't, this game has never had a lack in really, really great coaches. Um, but we, what we have had is just a lack of funding and a lack of support and to the ability to keep them on the men's side um, and keep them doing great things and, and continuing to help our game grow. Um, you know, we see, we see talented coaches as good as David Hunt. Right. And I think that that's a, and honestly, it's it's one of those things like David Hunt was was obviously, you know, at the at the forefront of the men's game and took took Pepperdine from, you know, obviously a, a Hall of Fame coach and but was able to keep Pepperdine in a really, really competitive space and, and did a tremendous job. And even for him, the the allure of going to the women's side and and being able to be a part of a power five conference and and obviously now having won two national championships, it was a fantastic move. But um, as we see a lot of these coaches getting honored and recognition, it'd be nice to see them get compensated just the same. Yeah. If I made a hey, just so you know, if I made a list of hot shot young head coaches, Theo would for sure be in there, just so you guys know. Theo would be in there. We'd probably put Birch in there. We'd probably put Brad. Uh, what's neat about the men's game is 
I think me and Jay are getting old. But if you go look, how many good, uh, some good young coaches we have uh, on the men's game that have stepped in in the past two or three years at different programs. And I know I could list four or five others at the same time, but, uh, and, and Jay would echo those sentiments. And so, but uh, pretty cool that we've got some of those coaches that are staying on the men's side. And I know we lost day, but hopefully we can keep some of those other ones too. Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention that David Hunt is also on that list as well. And, you know, and, and actually he brought up, I totally have looked at the fact he took over a program on the men's side from a hall of fame coach, led them to a very power, strong powerhouse program, and then went over to the women's side. So uh, good on David Hunt and congratulations on that second natty. Um, but I want to recognize some of the other guys who are up and coming names and proof that a former Pepper Dine wave and a Penn State Nittany Lion can get along. Taylor Hammond and Spencer Wickens are on that list now. Uh, since to uh, Costi up at Stanford are on there. Uh, you also got, uh, we already mentioned uh, Jake Kirster. You have the famous duo of Long Beach State, Nick McRae and uh, Dylan, uh, sorry, <laughs> McKay Smith uh, on there as well. Uh, Luke Maloney, Ohio State assistant coach, uh, and Nick Vogel, the assistant coach at UCLA. So uh, great new younger names on the uh, hotshots list. And uh, would love for you guys to comment if you guys uh, have anything to say about any of those guys, because anytime a, a, a men's volleyball program gets uh, elevated and recognized, I definitely want to bring it up. Well, you, you look at, you look at uh, Taylor Hannon. He played for me at Penn state when I was there and, uh, and a great kid. I tried to get him here. George Mason, unfortunately couldn't make the move at the time, but apparently some things have opened up, which is awesome for him and his wife and being able to do that. But you know, you, you look at some of the other ones, you know, Nick Vogel has been around for a while and now he's, you know, kind of settled in a little bit at UCLA and he's obviously done some good things there and led him to a championship last year. And, you know, you, 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 you want these guys to be around for a while, you know, Nick McCray at Long Beach state, there was a moment there where he was starting to branch out and was looking at assisting on the women's side at Long Beach. And I bet it's to do with what Theo was talking about with finances, you know, it's probably, probably paying a ton more, for a little bit less work in, in terms of, you know, the grind, but um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a sign of the times, you know, Dan said it best, we're getting older and, you know, we're going to be, you know, the Pete Hansons of the world and the Carl McCallum's pretty soon. And we're going to be riding off into the sunset and we're going to look at some of these guys taking over these programs and guys getting older themselves. Theo's going to be there one day soon. And, you know, we're just going to be looking back and sitting, sitting there with a cold drink in our hand and just be proud of the work that that's gone in over the years. Being salty on broadcast. That's what you're going to be doing, all you guys. Right? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I feel like we continually give a lot of credit to the men's side. And, you, you know, you look at this list and from McKay Smith to to uh, to obviously uh, Nick Vogel. And, and then you've got Alex Dumpy, right, who obviously started on the men's side and had a ton of experience there before she moved over. Um, Tyler Hildebrand, right, who's on this list, but is also – started on the men's side, had a, a tremendous volleyball playing career. And um, it's just Jaylen really, Reyes. really cool. Jalen Reyes, right? <laughs> and then Jalen Reyes, right? Again, another standout coach who, again, started his career, you know, on the men's side and and uh, just incredibly proud of the work that these guys have done. And But it's just really, really cool to see the number of quality coaches that the men's game has produced and their ability to take that knowledge and continue to grow it. And let's hope that those young coaches, when they get their their jobs at their next program as a head coach somewhere, that they start banging on the drum a little bit louder than the previous coaches on the women's side to get men's programs at their places. 
these coaches have a duty to the game that gave them what they're doing now. Uh, and I, and I, I find it sad that we haven't been able to get much movement, but the next generation could be the guys that actually get it done. And so I implore them to, to, to go bang on the door of their AD and say, Hey, we need a, a men's program here. And hopefully in the next, you know, 10 years or so, we start to see some of those doors open up. Yeah. Anything else to add, gentlemen, as we go on to our next topic? Good. All right. Um, in that time, since our last uh, episode, the Conference Carolina's preseason poll came out just to go to the top three. North Greenville won. Uh, got Erskine at two and now King at three, which is where King started last year in the preseason poll, poll and ended up in the NCAA tournament. So uh, that's out. But I wanted to get the guys' uh, thoughts on the off-the-block preseason All-Americans, um, if they had a chance to look at it. I'll mention some of the, the players on the first team, well, well, for the first team, but uh, setter Andrew Rowan, UCLA, opposite Ito David from UCLA, uh, opposite Parker Van Buren from Loyola, outsides are Spiros Hakas, Hawaii, Ethan Champlin, UCLA, Halir Heno, UC Irvine, Jacob Pastor, Ohio State, middle attackers now, Toby Eziano of uh, Penn State, Merrick McHenry, UCLA, Simon Torrey, Long Beach State, Guillermo Voss of Hawaii and Libro Mason Briggs. Thoughts on the first team, OTB preseason All-Americans. And let's go with uh, Theo. Yeah, I mean, shoot. I, I think that of those names that were listed here, uh, we absolutely, I think, mentioned them in our, in our first preview show. Um, and, I mean, the talent on this list is, is incredible. And I think we're actually getting to a point, and I think, you know, obviously you hinted at the potential of a top 20, but there are so many talented players and the guys that are on this list are, are absolutely no slouch. There's not one guy there that I don't think belongs. You potentially could swap a couple in that are right at that same level. Um, but I mean, this is an absolutely talented group and obviously UCLA lead the way with four guys uh, on that list. I mean, that was the national championship team and, and all of these guys are back for another run. Um, I, this list is absolutely stellar. Really, really well put together and, and incredibly talented for sure. All right, good stuff, uh, Dan. I, I play every one of these teams this year. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. yeah, I just, yeah, we're gonna see. Anyway, uh, yeah, all I echo Theo's. I, I mean, these guys, some phenomenal players on here. I, I always am curious, like, we'll have this combo in April or whatever, but, like, I like to pull this list up again and look at it and go, who's now on this? Like, like a lot of these guys will be on it, but there'll be some new guys be like, man, that guy really came out of nowhere here. This is an upcoming guy. And so, and we can't name those guys right now, but, like, that's always exciting because, you know, Certainly a bunch of these guys will be on there, but who, who will be the new ones or who will be the new talented guys that uh, are kind of fill some of these uh, spots where maybe these guys didn't repeat the same performance they have. Do you know what I mean? In terms of that stuff. And so. Good stuff, Jay. Yeah, I think that that list, I think 95% of them are guys that I put on there or, or picked to be on there. And I think, you know, Theo touched upon it. You know, the, the, the top 20 for the ABCA rankings uh, is a great step in the right direction because we're expanding. Here, to, here first, what about third team All-American like the women's side? Uh, and I'm not saying that it needs to happen this year, 
but you know we're expanding we're going from eight teams to 12 teams we've gone from top 15 now to top 20 pretty soon you're going to see names like that that you know there's going to be another 15 to 20 guys that are worthy of being on that list because there are so many programs out there and we have to start thinking about that so I'm throwing it out there to the gods. You know, third team All-American could be something we're looking at in the next three to five years. I don't think it's now, but I think three to five years. Rowell the cage of the ABCA come the end of the season, right? Hint, hint. <laughs> I got it. Come on, guys. I think I'm moving the needle a little bit. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, just round out the uh, second team preseason uh, honorees. Setters, uh, Dan Mangan from Loyola, Nick Slight from Grand Canyon. Opposites, Camden Gianni of Grand Canyon and Clark Godbold of Long Beach State. Outside attackers, John Dietrich of Purdue, Fort, Fort Wayne. Uh, Jackson Hickman, Grand Canyon. Dylan Klein of USC. Alex Knight at UCLA. Hidaishi and Davo Vicheva uh, at Ball State. Will Rotman at Stanford. Sotir Shapanis at Long Beach State. Middle attacker, Tion Taylor at BYU. And Libro Ryan Merck of Penn State. Um, I'm curious if there are guys that could be in there that like maybe one or two from you guys just to stoke the fire. Oh, Theo's raised his hand. Like it. Ben Harrington. <laughs> okay. Yep. I, I mean, I feel like you know, there there's gonna be every year there's gonna be tons of guys to get left off. Um, but that guy was an absolute monster against us last year. And uh, obviously coming back in poise for another season, but I was surprised to not see him on this list, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this, I think the second team list is the one that at the end of the year, you're going to see a bunch of first year guys, not necessarily freshmen, but maybe first year players, because now we're at the end of COVID right now that the guys have all matriculated on. And, you know, now you've got a group of guys that maybe have not gotten much, if any playing time in the last few years, look at John Kerr at Penn state. Kids sat behind uh, the opposite Fisher for four years. And the, the guy's like, it's finally my time. And he's a grad student. So, you know, you're going to see names that you probably haven't heard of in recent years. I bet we talked about in that, in that circle, uh, especially, you know, this year. Yeah. Anyone to add, Dan? Or yeah. You- I, would, I, I just, uh, like Dan Magnum, he was hurt all fall. I don't know the other injuries on some of these guys. So, Hopefully he's back and healthy and because uh, I know we're going to talk about key matches, but Loyola opens up in Hawaii uh, and they've got a couple other talented setters, but he's a, he's a, he was a big piece for them. Um, and I don't know if there's ever any injuries on this list, either first or second team of guys right. in the fall, but that always plays into it a little bit. You know what I mean? Guys' health and where they're at and uh, what they're able to kind of do. And is Candom Gianni like a seventh year like volleyball player now? I'm just trying to figure that. He cannot win freshman of the year anymore, just so we all understand that. <laughs> uh, First year graduate student of the year. <laughs> uh, and John Dietrich, he's like under the radar guy, like big putting up big numbers for a few years. And you know, Rock's got a kind of a couple senior pieces and Bryce Walker and uh, him and a couple other guys on that team. Just, so does Fort Wayne make a little bit of a move uh, this year with some of those pieces uh, that are kind of been around a while. So yeah, yeah, with the amount of swings that guy takes in his age, he should be getting an NIL deal from duct tape and ibuprofen. Massive financial opportunities for that kid. The kid's a beast. What Jay doesn't can't add is like, 
if he does, I want 2% of your 10% cut. Yeah, you heard it here first. I'll be your agent. We'll make it work. I might, I might have a few connections for the ibuprofen, older age, gentleman people. Connections. I might. No, 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 Jay, that's gold bond. That's different. Oh, yeah, no, that's huge. Huge. Thank God for gold bond. What a party in your pants, huh? <laughs> Gone off the rails since only January 2nd. Oh, my gosh. I'm at, I'm at an age now where I don't care if I get in trouble from the honks out there. So it's all good. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw some out there that I'm surprised I didn't see. Um, but uh, here's a good one. Brett Sheward, formerly of Hawaii, now UCI, taking over setting uh, duties. Uh, Teo Snui of Stanford, freshman opposite last season, was impressive. Chaz Galloway, I mean, high flyer, one of the most entertaining players to see. Um, and Mix Romanis of BYU flying below the radar. So, um, but pretty good list, I thought overall. I mean, I was like, yeah, I can't say no to that. I mean, again, Dan brings up the uh, injuries. We don't know how healthy they're going to be come start of the season, but you know, that's when everyone's getting a feel, anyways. So, um, which brings us to our next segment. I've got to start. I, I wasn't, you know, ignoring you guys. I was looking at the text that Brad Rostratter, who normally would be on with us, but for some reason, UC San Diego had practice this morning at our recording time. So, um, but his, we're going to go to our matches to watch in week one of our 13 regular season weeks of the, or actually is it 15, 15 regular season weeks of the NCAA division one, two season. So Brad is watching Ball State at BYU, which is a pair, Loyola at Hawaii. And then basically it's not George Mason, it's Jay versus UC San Diego and Jay versus CSUN. So with that, I'm gonna pull up my list and you guys are gonna have your choices. What are you guys telling the fans to watch or what are you keeping your eye on as we enter week one of play? Let's go with Dan first. I don't know. Like, well, it's the Santa Barbara tournament in general. Like, I mean, there's a lot of key matchups there. Um, uh, is that where you guys are playing at, Jay, or is that separate? That's yep, where you yep. guys, Yeah. So I just think we're, we could list all those matches there. I, I think there's some uh, some intriguing, really high-level early volleyball, uh, which I think is key. Uh, so uh, certainly there's some bragging rights on the show as we get on the show after that as well, if you want to be. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, probably um, to try to pick one that you hadn't picked up yet. Uh, but Loyola's play Stanford too, so we talked. You talked about Loyola Hawaii, but there's a Loyola Stanford match as well, which I think is key early. Like Loyola's kind of really testing themselves out of the gate. Uh, you'll so you'll kind of see that, but I think that'll be a big match as well, and us seeing Stanford kind of out of the gates as well against a tough opponent. The on the Loyola situation. I pick them. I call it the Gates of Mordor matches to start the season. It's Loyola. They're at Hawaii for two, at Stanford for two, play BYU the following week, and UCLA. But, oh, easy schedule. No problem. They got that. So, but <laughs> let's go over to Jay. Yeah, I, I'm just going to give a little brief history. The Santa Barbara tournament, when I used to play in it, this is way back in the day, had 30. The elephant bar, huh? Yeah, the elephant bar. Had two, uh, 32 teams. A uh, bunch of D3s, bunch of uh, NAIs, some uh, some uh, club programs that go there back in the day, like Sac State and Fresno State and Cal Berkeley. 
and you would play the first day on Friday, and the top two teams from every pool would go into the power pool the following day, which was all the top teams are playing against each other. I'll never forget UCLA's big thing was Al Skates would never coach on Friday. He would go play golf. Uh, and the seniors on that team would coach their team into the power pool the next day. And then Al Skates would walk in on Saturday morning, all nice and tan, his fingers freshly pickled from the cocktails the night before. And he would coach his team up. And it was a great time. And it was a lot of volleyball. It was, I think it was two out of three to 15 back in the day. But you played like five matches on Friday and five matches on Saturday. You were just gassed, but it was a lot of fun to be a part of. So from that perspective, I'm absolutely going to be excited to watch and, and play in these matches. Uh, it's the first time I've been back ever ever since I got into coaching uh, and super stoked to see Theo and see Brad and, and get to see Rick and play against them and see where we stack up against things. And it's going to be some good volleyball, I think. I, I think these teams are all pretty solid. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to be looking at Loyola Hawaii. I want to see where... Loyola fits in that whole thing because I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna surprise a few people. I think Hawaii uh, might be in for a little bit more than they bargained for in the beginning of the year. But kudos to Hawaii stacking a good team like that in the beginning of the season. Let's get after it. So kudos to you, Charlie. Supposedly Hawaii picked up uh, uh, a French guy or a Spaniard at, at the uh, uh, semester. So gladiator. Yep. Spaniard. Yeah. So we'll see where he fits in. Oh, and I want to see which setter won the battle. Yeah. I don't have you know. Yeah, yeah, I bet you'd be looking at that. <laughs> That's some hot, hot chatter. I've heard calling. I've heard Rosenthal. So I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Theo, you're up. Yeah. So here's the here's the ones we haven't mentioned. Obviously, the Santa Barbara tournament is going to be awesome. Super excited about that. Uh, but we got to see what Lewis is doing against Penn State. <laughs> I think that's going to be one hell of a matchup. Very, 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 very high level and and really interesting because I think Lewis is, is a team that's just getting better from where they were last year. Penn State loses some important pieces but still has Toby and still is incredibly deep. So it'll be interesting to see what that team looks like, especially in the early parts of the year. Um, and I'm picking Lewis to win that one. Um, and Ooh, then – Woo! Oh, I, oh, yeah, I'm throwing that out there, Dan. Right. I'm throwing that out there. Uh, and then Damon in Ohio State. I think that'll be really interesting, too. Uh, you know, I think Damon lost some pieces, um, but it'll be really interesting to see Ohio State, especially early in early in the year, and and see kind of where they're at. Um, and then the other matches that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty intri intrigued by is the UCLA matchups against Fort Valley State and Morehouse. Um, I think those are going to be really, really cool matches. It's nice to see that stuff early in the year and um, be cool to see some interesting upsets out of some of these matches too. It's a good call. Actually, I wanted to mention that um, the they're calling it the SoCal HBCU Challenge. That's the team of Fort Valley State and Morehouse College facing UCLA Pepperdine and USC on uh, over three days. So, but it's super cool in that I caught some social media from Fort Valley State, and those guys are excited to be in California. Like you could see the excitement and enthusiasm. It's like it's our first time to Cali ever, but we're looking forward to playing some really good teams. So just seeing the way the program's grown and uh, seeing the kind of enthusiasm these guys have, and I'm re I'm really excited to see. Hopefully, they're streaming them. So uh, yeah. uh, with that, yeah, yes. I, yeah, I just want to. I this kudos to. Uh, 
John and Nygar and UCLA and SC and First Point. I mean, those guys, I mean, some people don't know this, but I think they're helping with some of the finances on that side of that uh, to help those teams and those kids have that opportunity. And um, there's a little bit of praise that needs to go to those guys for making something like that happen. And, you know, not all programs are in a situation to kind of do that. And those programs are taking the means and making that happen. And I, I really impacted some of those kids and those programs to to go in the right direction. Oh, great call to end. Um, there was uh, one player I wanted to go back to. I felt that on the off the block preseason All-American, because Dan's going to be playing against it. Michal Koval has been such a solid force for Penn State. And he just gets overlooked because he's got so, just so many other big names around him. But it'll be fun to watch. So we'll get the uh, scouting report from Dan firsthand next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anything else that we have missed, gentlemen, that we should bring up? Guess not. So with that. Uh, well, Jay brought it up, but you haven't talked about it. Are you waiting until it actually comes out tomorrow? I said I promised no, I wouldn't break it. Wow. <laughs> no, no. It, it's not a, it's not a, and, and Dan can attest this, it's not a secret. We're not yeah. trying to hide it. No. From no. But the ABCA is going to top 20 this year. And, and here's where I will tell anybody who complains about this the reality is this the game has grown to a level where we have more teams that deserve to get recognized and i know we're not at the level yet of the women's side but we have expanded quite a bit the top 15 uh of years past is now going to be top 20 you know i think the fact remains is that the top five or so top five six seven are probably going to stay somewhere in that level. They're just that good, kind of like on the women's side. But 8 through 15 are probably going to start interchanging themselves a little bit. We need to start paying attention to that. And then there's a few teams on the perimeter where in years past, maybe some voters like myself or Dan or Theo or somebody else might go, hey, let's throw a little love to this team because they're having a good week. And we haven't. And the number 15 team might be underwater. They might have a win-loss record that's underwater. Let's give this team a little bit of recognition. Now we'll be able to give those teams some of that recognition. And I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, but I bet you I'm not the only one on the voting committee. To the other voters that are out there that are doing their job of actually watching and reading and seeing and doing all those things and taking that poll seriously, kudos to you for doing a great job. We see you and see what you're voting. For those of you that don't, that don't care and just, you know, mail it in and you look at this at their rankings and it hardly ever changes and they're never giving anybody love you got to do better man you got to do better and i'm throwing it out there and if you want to hate me for it you can hate me for it but there's a large number of us on that voting committee that do our homework and i and i'm proud of those guys uh and girls for that matter and for for people doing their jobs the right way yep anything else gentlemen yeah i mean i'll add that you know i think we talked about it a ton in this show last year uh but there was so much parity between that eight to 15 and <clears throat> we saw teams just beating up on each other left and right and it became incredibly difficult to eliminate guys completely from the top 15 eliminate teams completely from the top 15 but also try and squeeze in other teams right just for an example lincoln memorial charleston damon king all had weeks weeks on weeks last year where we were talking about them on this show they needed credibility for what they were doing in the volleyball that they were playing, but there just wasn't a way to take a USC 
a Stanford, a BYU out of the top 15 in order to replace them with a team that maybe wasn't seeing the same type of competition on a nightly basis. And the picture gets clearer later as you go through the season, but it's incredibly difficult. And our game is really, really competitive. And to see us go into a top 20, I really think there's a lot of value there for the amount of time, effort, and energy these student-athletes are putting in, time, effort, and energy these coaching staffs are putting in, and just the the, the quality of the product that they're playing at. It's, it's just, I really think this is going to be a game changer for our sport. I really do. Yeah. Um, there's two pieces for people to understand. So like, and I, and I'll echo what Jay and Pierre were saying, but like if I'm a program and, and you're building and you're ranked 17th or 18th in these new rankings, it is a sell to your recruits. It is a sell to your administration and it promotes what you're doing. Um, it's the um, same reason a few years back we added honorable mention. So on the all American stuff, We've gone from 10 to 12 on first team and 10 to 12 on second team. A few years back, we ordered, we added honorable mentions. And it was kind of the same thing. It was like, how do we recognize these programs, these athletes, these institutions uh, in terms of what they're doing? And we added these 20 or 25 honorable mention, and we recognize these kids, and you can sell it in your program, and it recruits more kids. And, uh, and that's really what it's about. So, yeah, we'll have a couple naysayers, but we're doing the right thing by men's volleyball and the athletes and the coaches and the administrations that it support. And that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get a little bit more recognition and, and value all that stuff. Like schools like Lincoln Memorial, which would probably be in consistently in the top 20 because of what he's been doing every year. You know what I mean? In terms of that and some other programs that get a little bit more love because it's hard to kind of etch them in sometimes uh, on those other spots. And so I'm excited. We got that piece moved forward and through and uh, again, just celebrates what we're doing. Yeah. I definitely agree because there's definitely teams that schedule tough. And like I mentioned, the Gates of Mordor schedule for Loyola. But I mean, there are coaches on the screen. I know you're scheduling tough and you want to get the most out of your guys and see what you got in those pressure situations. I get it. And there's guys like UC Santa Barbara. You know, they just play the tough guys and come pro season, everyone's afraid of them. And their record may be, you know, five and 15, but you still don't want to play them. <laughs> so, um, so with that, that concludes our week one preview. You got it from the voices and the visions on the screen with exception of Brad Rothstetter, who was in through text, but that's Jay Hosick of George Mason, Dan Friend of Lewis, Theo Edwards of CSUN, and not present, but here in spirit, Brad Rothstetter of UC San Diego. And I think you guys are all traveling this week, aren't you? You're all away. Yep. Well, then, to yep. all of you, best of luck and definitely safe travels and uh, look forward to chatting next week. Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow Rob Espero at the Rob on the Mic on Instagram and at Rob on the Mic on Twitter.